Hello and welcome to fall. It's been kind of a slow news week day. Yeah, nothing much it? has happened. Not, not a whole lot. No. In fact, you know, it's been an age. What are we going to call this one, by the way? Do you have a title for this uh, one? Well, I have an idea, but I want to do kind of a slow walk into it because it's such a good, okay. it's such a good title. We'll, we'll build yeah. up to okay, that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is obviously Mark and Carrie again. And we haven't been around for a while because we couldn't get our schedules to match. So we're going to do a little recap. We're going to go way back to like when we should have done our last podcast that we didn't and that brought the, the world once again to uh, the attention of Greta Thunberg. Yeah, the UN General Assembly meeting. Indeed, indeed. And yes. how did you take all that? What did you think of that whole thing? Well, I was really interested in her because she has gotten lots of um, really nice press from this. And so, uh, you know, I was listening to the radio this morning. They said that Twitter is a place where you go when you're angry. And there are all these psychological studies around it. And so, of course, you know, people are angry at her. And one of the tweets that captured my attention was that, what about all the other kids that from various communities around the world that have had a similar message? And why does she get the press and not? And oh, because she's white and blonde? Is that Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. Right, and she's like it. from a Nordic country, something like that. Really? But I was just curious, like, who's sponsoring her? Like, who, how does she get her, like, eco sailboat and that sort of stuff? I think it's an interesting one. As, as far as I understand, um, there's no sort of central organization. It's just people pitch things and then she either goes for it or she doesn't. <laughs> and, like, just going on the boat seemed to be, like, a, an authentic thing to do when you basically don't want anyone to fly. So you're, like, a 50-year-old marketing person. You go pitch to the 13-year-old. I, I guess. She says, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, I mean, maybe there is a sort of giant Soros-laden organization yes, behind her. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure there are many sort of stories out there to that effect, but... Given that I know people who work in that organization, yeah. I don't think that they're sponsoring her, but you know, who is? I mean, she got, there are some great memes that came out, her giving the hairy eyeball to the to the president of the United States. And um, I mean, certainly her message resonated through it, but I guess I'm always taken by that the, or that the news coming from the General Assembly is traffic is terrible and uh, nothing gets done. Yeah, pretty much. So once again, you know, she loses her proverbial in front of the adults in the room yeah. and say, we will never forgive you for this because you are being hopeless, all of which is absolutely true. Yes. And they all went, yeah, you're right, we suck. But there was no, they had no, they weren't chagrined, they nah. weren't like embarrassed. In they, fact, some of them applauded her, which was kind of like really the worst thing you could have done. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah, you're right, we suck. That's great. Now, why didn't you go away? Because yeah. you've got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get on your like vegetable oil car. So, so nothing, nothing actually changed. No, I, I think you're actually right. I mean, they applauded and they like maybe teared up mm -hmm. with her and then were like, we got to go to the Radisson to get our, you know. And the next drink. week, there was another uh, UN uh, ICP report that came out on the cryosphere, all the frozen bits of the planet and how they're not. Oh, and yeah. uh, we just had one or it's just about to come out basically on global fish stocks, which actually mm -hmm. is in the UN. Somebody else is doing that one. And uh, we've managed to murder, I think, something like 25% of global fish stocks in under a 25-year period. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, wow. uh, you know, th there's no crisis. There's no reason for governments who are paid to do stuff to actually do anything because, you know, it's a bit too hard. I mean, this is just brings up the California, what's happening in California right now, which right. is shutting down power. Right. Um, and so that they don't have another massive wildfire. I mean, right, 800,000 people or homes? One example sort of faulty thinking this was, and again, a hot tip over here to Dan, the engineer, for pointing this one out. So let's think about this. So Pacific Gas and Electric's go bankrupt because they were held responsible for a giant wildfire that murdered paradise and all the rest of it, right? Fine. So one event had one cause. 
So the only way then, QED, that a wildfire can happen is if the one cause is still there. So they switch off all the electricity to use that one cause. Now, here's what Dan pointed out. Lots of people are going to be sitting in sweaty homes in California in the dark. They're going to use candles. Those, what yes. do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I mean, it's right. I mean, it would always be better just to like dump a lot, like a big gigantic hose on the entire state of California in hopes yeah, that it, exactly. like, it does something. Yeah. But again, you know, it's a part of it, though. I mean, California is now in this position whereby it has to shut down major bits of the electricity yeah. grid just in case because the whole place is permanently a tinderbox. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's not sustainable in the long term. It's really not. I mean, the sort of wildfire season gets longer and longer. Yep. And we can make sure that we're sitting here now in October. What do you think the odds are that this is the warmest October ever? Like 100%. Because it was right. the warmest September and right. the warmest August. Right. So, you know, right. so Greta is right. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to patronize her and, and write her off because obviously the people who do have another planet to go to. Yeah, that's right. They'll be in their spaceship in the stars. And off they go. Speaking of spaceships to the stars. <laughs> so as the Brexit world spins, yes. what's the new episode? Or is there a new episode? Is well, it's it's a continuation <laughs> of the old episode. So the fundamental problem, as I said many times, is why does Britain have a border in Ireland? So they're still oh, trying to it, figure this out. And uh, Boris, who's basic sort of, you know, the, the thinking man's Trump mm -hmm. with a small T on thinking. <laughs> I was going to say. You know, this with a small T on thinking. So Boris said the following. Well, borders. And that was decoded as, let's have two different borders, uh, one for goods and services and one for agricultural goods or one for <laughs> stuff that's big and stuff that's small. And the EU looked at this and went, What? Why does that help? And he went, well, you're not serious. <laughs> hard Brexit. Yeah. And uh, it looks like we're tunneling towards a hard Brexit, which I've been saying has going to be the outcome. This is true. For two years, this once again, on the bunny on this one. So, yeah, it looks like they're barreling towards that. Because ultimately, they're not going to sell Ireland down the river just to make sure that Boris wins the election. And this is still October 31st that we're yes. headed. So there may be some shenanigans in Parliament to force an extension again, which yeah. nobody wants. Because the parties themselves don't really want to have an election, apart from the Conservatives. And if they do, they'll probably lose. So they want to maintain the Parliament. Maintaining the Parliament makes them look even worse. So there, there is an end game. It's coming, and it's coming before the end of the year. And was there any fallout after the court said that Boris couldn't do? It? Yeah, I mean, he came back in. They rogued Parliament again. Yeah. They prorogued it. I guess they re-rogued it or something like this. And brought it back in. <laughs> And then basically he screamed at everyone and called them a bunch of traitors and cowards uh -huh. and started talking about defeat and how the extension of Parliament Bill was the defeat bill. We were surrendering to the Europeans. And I was thinking, what is some kind of Churchillian nightmare where he thinks that he's fighting Germany in 1949, 39 or something? It's madness. And a whole bunch of particularly women opposition MPs got very upset because he was essentially saying, oh, shut up, you little girl, you don't know what you're talking <laughs> right. about, and not so many words, and belittling any concerns towards incitement to violence as he was using this language, oh, which geez. he clearly yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it's really interesting. People talk about the United States with Trump being polarized, and, mm -hmm. and yes, it is, but that's on a kind of a macro level. Mm -hmm. On Britain, it's a micro level. 
This has sort of become the dividing line in politics, the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Families will tear each other's faces off over mm -hmm. this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And as well as there's a whole bunch of people for whom they just want it done and a whole bunch of people who think it's the worst thing ever and yeah. a whole bunch of people who think we really should do this because the people voted for it, there's a lot of anger and frustration just at the process mm -hmm. and at Parliament and at the parties and the sheer incompetence of the whole thing. I mean, that's the other side of this is from, I mean, as an American experience, what's happening here, you're just exhausted by everything and like at some point i like ideologically or whatever i just want things to be over because you're just so tired, you're so of, tired it, of it uh, of it and i can only imagine being an mp having to like listen to the, and wade through all of these alternatives in the 500 years that they've been dealing with this as uh, as well uh, speaking of 500 years so Benny had a heart attack. Does it matter? I think it does because... Um, I mean, he's back up and running. He's ready to go. Yeah, well, I think he has said that he's going to actually take it somewhat slow. But I mean, I also have a conspiracy theory that Larry David is just playing Bernie and Bernie is actually still in the hospital. But that's a side note. Um, I, I do think it matters because it certainly gets to the age question and that... Um, you know, there's the when Hillary had a sneeze, like everyone thought that she was on her deathbed and Bernie actually has a heart attack. We were like, oh, he's fine. But I certainly it's got to take him. It's got to he's got have to have lost a step. And in that sort of small vacuum, I think Elizabeth Warren really will surge even more, given that they're basically competing for the same voters. Yeah, I mean, so I, the first thing that struck me was, I mean, first of all, very sad that that happened to Bernie. I mean, he's been a great champion for putting the right issues on the agenda, in my opinion. Um, but I love the way that his campaign described the insertion of two stents as a minimally invasive procedure. I know. Is like, that like that's, the that's maximally? Minim, that's <laughs> minimally invasive? Good God. Yeah. Now, this is serious stuff, right? And, you know, and he's not the youngest guy, so there are serious questions of the campaign. Now, I agree that this is going to play to Warren's strength and you see her spiking in the polls. The interesting thing is, though, to what extent they really compete over the same voters mm. and the same, let's say, motivator voters, mm -hmm. you know, the people who are, get out the vote and all the rest of it. Because just as Trump has people who will crawl over broken glass for him, yeah. Bernie has that too. Yeah. I don't think Warren has that. The loyalty aspect. The of loyalty things. aspect. The yeah. real hardcore. The ones yeah. that are like, you know, Bernie through and through. You mm -hmm. know, Warren through and through. You don't hear that. No, I right? think that's right. Yeah. And I think they're competing for the same side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And she has a more sort of like had a greater reach out to the more centrist Democrats. Mm -hmm. But even then, she's really mistrusted possibly more than Bernie because she explicitly says, I'm going to bust up Facebook. I'm going to yeah. take on Amazon. I'm going to crush Google. And yeah. if you, once you take out Wall Street, that's the funding for mm -hmm. the right wing of the party. I mean, the other thing I think to your loyalty point is that, I mean, Warren is seen as a flip-flopper. I mean, maybe not on policy, but she's she is. She is in the law school, the Native American thing. And Bernie for... Wasn't she a Republican at one point? Yeah, exactly. And Bernie, since whenever he became a senator or even before yeah, that has been so consistent. Yeah, socialist. This is who I he's am. He's been that way forever. Right. And so, I, I mean, you do get the sense that his support base is there right. because they have so much to point to that he's not going to flip in just a second. But so here's the weird thing about it. When you look at any surveys, basically the people behind Bernie, and, and it's very difficult because they, are they doing Democrats or are they doing everybody, yeah. right? But they seem to have about 20% lock mm -hmm. on the everybody vote, mm -hmm. right? And not much more of the Democratic vote. It's like maybe 25 percent tops, right? Now, in comparison, El Presidente for life, as he's about to become, we'll mm -hmm. get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, he's got thirty six. Yeah. Just rock solid, right? Yeah. And that's enough to to get you over the edge, right? Twenty to twenty five isn't. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I see these polls that say Bernie beats Trump every time, I'm like, how? 
Right. Like it just, I mean, the numbers Where's, are Where are the numbers? Right. I don't see how this happens, right? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe just amongst, you know, most eligible voters mm-hmm. and people in the I don't know how the sample's done on that one. But you can imagine how the two of them together would be a very powerful ticket. Yeah, actually, I was thinking that as we started talking. So it depends yeah. on, you know, is that possible? Yeah. Can you get the energy of Bernie's base mm-hmm. and the outreach of Warren? Because mm-hmm. together that would be enough to basically get rid of Biden, who seems to be halfway through getting rid of himself. I, I mean, he, it's very quiet. And, what, and you know, of course, the big issue over the last like day slash years, it seems like with Ukraine, but also that, you know, he I think what has been really smart and I've heard this so uh, across a, a number of different platforms is that Warren has really taken. So she had this rally in New York and no one cares about New York, right? Big surprise. New York's going to probably vote for the Democrat. But those pictures were zoomed around and like motivated her base in Iowa and New Hampshire and showed that she could get this crowd, even though the president said she didn't have 20,000 um, people there. So I think in in that way, like she's trying to capitalize it on this in a way that I don't think Kamala Harris was able to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of interesting if we think about the pairing of a Bernie, because then you suddenly have, I mean, Bernie was all about rallies in 2000, whatever year that was too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that may be, you know, an out rally the rally president, that may be kind of an interesting matchup. That would be an interesting one, definitely. Plus, I think Bernie could, in this sort of asymmetrical politics that the president is doing, could do can do that mm-hmm. in in a way, whereas Elizabeth Warren might just be a real lecture. Yeah, that's the problem for her. Does she come off basically as a smarter version of Clinton? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the one that could yeah. really hurt. And then there's the inherent sexism of the of exactly. the voting population. Yeah, right? and then we're essentially it's Hillary, Hillary versus... Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. So, so in other yeah. festering sores... Yes, well... And Hong the, Kong? Oh, yes. Okay, Hong Kong. Let's go back to Hong Kong. Um, I was there, you know. Oh, you were? I was. I was there in September, and I was there for the four days where nothing happened. I was going to ask if you participated. No, not, not only that, nothing happened. I, it's not that I was disappointed. I was quite happy, but yeah. I was like, I wonder if this stays. And of course, I left, and it all kicked off again. So therefore, I am a cause of peace. Did you? Well, of course. Of course. Yes. You should be at all UN, oh. UN Global General Assembly meetings, at maybe too. Did you notice anything different about the city? No, but was I asked anything? a lot of people what really was going on with this, as far yeah. as I could figure out. And the basic story I got is the following. Uh, there's five, maybe six families that have been entrusted by Beijing to basically run the place uh-huh. because they were the ones who were running the place anyway when they took yeah. it over. And they basically did a deal with the state. Now, this this is the type of business model that they run. There's a very successful restaurant and a very expensive building in the Admiralty. I will mm-hmm. not mention its name. And it does really, really well. So the person who owns it is one of these five families who owns a big building and comes in and says, you guys are awesome. That's great. Why don't you expand? You know, we'll cut you a deal on the rent. They expand to become a big thing. They come in and say, great, now you're vulnerable. I want double the rent, 20% of your cash flow. Uh-huh. And they went, no. And they said, well, great. Well, good luck finding another place because it's not just me you have to deal with. It's the other families. Yeah. And we'll just shut you out of Hong Kong. So what they do is they extort everybody else. They also own all the real estate. So housing is incredibly expensive. So so much of this is not so much about China as the way that China governs indirectly through these fam- connected families. Isn't that the mob? Well, yeah, but you know, I mean, okay. these days that's becoming a business model everywhere. Well, that's a, that's a good point. So they, so those families have cut a deal with Beijing, and and Beijing has a, approved of the way that they're doing business. So this is simply what I heard. I mean, right. you know, I have no independent evidence for this, but it made a lot of sense in terms of you know the why the protests were taking the form that they were, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very much a sort of like Hong Kong must be saved 
from mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not really about, you know, in many, what I was hearing from, it's right. not just about China and surveillance state and all the rest yeah. of it. There's a lot of domestic roots to this. Well, and I think that makes sense because you hear a lot of, actually about the income inequality part of things and like my one square foot apartment is a billion dollars right. and like all that sort of stuff as, as well. I still wonder how this, whether it, you know, it was supposed to sort of end with school starting again. Like, what? Where does this? Where? What is the resolution? So the, so the other th- thing I had was that, that the strategy in Beijing is essentially they learned from France. So when France had a year uh, ago the Gijon, right? Yep. So this kicks off. It's a really big thing. It's very threatening of social order. Mm-hmm. There's riots in the Champs Elysees. Mm-hmm. People are getting killed, and essentially they let them burn themselves out. Because the problem is there's a, there's an anger and there's a protest, mm-hmm. but there's no leadership. Mm-hmm. So yep. there's no one to negotiate yeah. with, and there's no list of final demands. So essentially, their big worry was it would spread to the mainland. But they've mm-hmm. been very successful in convincing the mainland that this is both local and unwarranted mm-hmm. and just a violent minority. Mm-hmm. So there's no sympathy for them on the mainland. So they're isolated. So they're just hoping that they just kind of like isolate it and burn out. Well, right. And as a protester with social movements, you have to give me some reason to show up Sunday after Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do I have to be fighting for fighting for something? Um, well, yeah. And if you're fighting basically for like, we'd like complete political autonomy and full democracy. I mean, it's never, ever going to happen. Yeah. Sadly, that's just the case. Yeah. Or even income equality. I mean, like how, how the yeah, heck is Yeah, I know. We can't do that happen? here. Yes. So why do you think you fare better yeah, there? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the big, the big... The big news, of course, the Joker movie. No, that's yeah. not what you were thinking of. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, it's a good title, though, for maybe what's going on. That's true. Um, I was reminded of the Frost-Nixon interviews when President Nixon says, when the president does it, it means it's not illegal. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly what the pre- uh, what President Trump believes as uh, as well. You know, of course, the latest this morning is that they're not, the White House is not going to cooperate with the House impeachment inquiry. Um, and... So you're, you're the Americanist here. You tell me what happened, because I don't know the constitutional machinery and how it works, right? So basically, as I understand it, this is what's happened. Somebody who already has multiple violations of annulments, clauses, conflict of interest up the wazoo, hasn't divested himself of his business interests, won't turn over his tax returns. Two things happen. Manhattan DA says eight years of tax returns, please. Yep. And that makes him very nervous. The next thing, along comes this impeachment inquiry on the not unreasonable grounds that asking a foreign leader to initiate an investigation to help your re-election mm-hmm. campaign and using the threat or actuality of withholding already agreed military assistance mm-hmm. to do that is clearly illegal. Yes, but then then he goes out on the front lawn and says he China should be doing this as right. well. So in thinking about Hong Kong and just letting it burn itself out, I mean the White House is admitting that he said this stuff. Yeah, they're just but, saying it's not. Yeah, but why is no, but I don't understand why is that not a problem, right? I mean, suppose for let's take a very yeah. simple example. Can yeah. I imagine of a wonderful world in which we were married? Oh, right, that's so... disturbing on many levels. Yes. I know, but anyway, imagine we were right, and then what I did was I went behind your back to one of your best friends yeah. to get information on you that I could use against you in some form, right? Even within the confines of a relationship, that would be not just ethically problematic, a deal breaker. Yeah, right. So this is what a sleaze bag, exactly, yeah. and that's pre- that. That's not okay. Just doing that is not okay, right? Well, no, it's not, and what's 
further, I mean, there are so many different parts of this, right? That they are, that he's continuing to push on this conspiracy theory that Ukraine had something to do with the election, 2016, by the way. And like all of this stuff with Hunter Biden, I mean, he confuses like all of these different. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's amazing. It's like, so he he becomes a kind of filter blog for mad right wing conspiracy yeah. theories, right? Yes. That really have all been debunked. And, and it's not that I'm a fan of the Bidens, trust me, I'm not, but there is no evidence, right? Yes. So as I understand it, the conspiracy theory is this. That it was asymmetric warfare. So basically, when Russia decides to take the Ukraine and the Don, mm-hmm. take uh, the Donbass mm-hmm. in Ukraine and Crimea, one of the ways the Ukraine fought back was to host servers in their country, mm-hmm. which they made them look like the Russians, Correct. which they then used to hack the American election. Yes. So the real truth is it was the Ukrainians who did it. So Trump, believing this, wants the president of Ukraine to investigate his own country's culpability in nobbling an election so that he can thank them for it? And meanwhile, today, the, the bipartisan report came out that said that Russia did actually do this. No, no we know. So, I mean, the whole of Europe has basically got Russian fingerprints over everything. Yes. They've even identified the particular branch of the military yeah. intelligence services that do it. They've got the names of all the operatives. Mm-hmm. They tried to murder somebody in Bulgaria twice. They failed twice. They're not actually very good at it, right? There's the whole script called thing, right? I mean, this is basically sort of chaos warfare done yes. by the Russians. And, yeah. and, and the cyber side is just one side of this that's right. we yeah. know it was them so to just to, to take this and then run with it that's the really amazing yeah. bit right it's not like i'm using this as something instrumental he clearly believes that this must be true well and the thing that's incredible to me is that cnn did this flash poll so it's probably total crap but like 50, <laughs> that was cnn like a majority like more than 55 percent of republicans don't believe that he asked ukraine to do this even though it's in the transcript and so i mean the point that i'm thinking it was like why is that he's saying this stuff because his base the 35 percent, they believe him right and so until you start to see his base start to crack all of those republican lawmakers are going to continue yeah, they're going to continue to follow because there's no incentive they there's dead scared so walk me tweet. through the walk me through the cons because basically what what he did is he's done a leverage by the dead husk of the republican yes, party the republican yes, party yep. is the trump party yep, if he falls yep, they yep. fall right yep so walk me through this so i'm the white house i'm not yeah. playing right yeah so what do you do you subpoena me well right i mean this is going to go to the courts. I mean, it's going to go the to the Supreme Court. But the courts can refuse court. to hear it, right? It, the Supreme Court, they have to hear it. There's just no... I mean, look, you're going to let like the you know, Las Vegas District Court hear this? No, the Supreme Court mm. has to because it is a constitutional crisis. The House is a co-equal But does it have to, to work through those lower courts to get to the Supreme Court? I don't think... I mean, I think it probably will because that's just the, the structure of right, it. Right, but do you have time for this before you have an election? Well, this, I, I mean, my guess is that the Supreme Court is going to have to hear this before before winter break, before the end of this year. I mean, there's just no way that the court that the court system could just like sit on their hands and smile and say, "Oh, we we're busy. We have other stuff to do." Mm. Um, I, might just be running down the clock. The court? No, the the Trump administration. I mean, I think that they're tie betting, it up and I mean, what, yeah. what is Trump's business model? Tie it up in legality. No, you're, I mean, I think your point is right on that they want to just like like do everything they can until and then basically keep screaming which hunt, which hunt, which hunt. Exactly. So, so exactly. The, the, the way I put this now, when I was I was talking about this on radio recently, and I said I think the way to think about the entire election is this: there is literally no one in the United States who, over the past three years, has said the following. You know, I was really against Trump. I thought he was horrible, but I've really softened on the guy. (laughs) Like, that person does not exist. All he has got is the base. So adding fuel to the base is the only gig he's got. 
And no, it is, and, and it mobilizes that, right? Yeah, and impeachment totally mobilizes. Like totally. you've got all those like elites and those terrible but then Democrats. There's also the possibility. Let's go back to the fact that he never wanted to be president. Yeah, he doesn't really have any policies except I'm tough on China. Okay, what's the yeah. end game? I'm tough on China. Uh, nothing's happening. His brand is being damaged. His plans for succeed, getting his kids to succeed him are clearly in tatters, right? Yeah. So maybe he's looking at the Manhattan DA's got the tax returns, right? Yeah. Maybe he's looking for an exit. Well, though the lower courts have now blo- have blocked that, so we- I don't think we're going to get the tax returns anytime soon. Oh, they're not? They blocked They blo- Yeah, and so I think they're, the I Trump the lawyers are now appealing. No, I don't think so. They, the court said that he had to release them, uh-huh. and then it was blocked, and they're moving. It, that will move up the system. Oh, that will I move see. up the courts. I, I mean, I, in my fantasy, my fantasy of the Supreme Court hearing this, or not fantasy, but just thinking about this, is what's interesting to me is about where the justices are around mm-hmm. executive power. And it's not a clear 5-4 delineation. Right. I, because Elena Kagan, I think, I mean, when she uh, she comes from the executive branch, she has not said um, that she is about putting limitations on that. In fact, in te- when she testified or when she um, applied for the job in front of the Senate. Auditioned. Thank you. She... Um, you know, she said that she thinks the executive branch can hold Al Qaeda operatives for as mm-hmm. long as they want. So, I mean, it's an interesting, from an academic point of view, an interesting thing to think. Would she? I yeah, mean, which, I don't which think way so. Would it go, right? I mean, politically, they're not that they, they won't. Um, but I mean, ultimately, it's not a political question. I mean, essentially, should the president of the United States be above the law, a law exactly which would entrap is. anybody else? This yeah. is simply quid pro quo bribery and corruption. Yeah. And political machinations, right? If this was done in Providence, right, Buddy would go to jail again. Yeah. That's it. Yep. It's dead simple. I mean, I mean I, people go to jail in places like Newark all the time so for way less. Way less. Yeah. I mean, I John Roberts to me will be the person because he is all about executive power, but he really disdains that the court has been politicized in the way that Trump politicizes it. So that would be the interesting vote as to whether or not. I mean, I th- it I think it has to go to the courts. The White House isn't going to give up. Congress is not going to give up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're just, I mean, essentially it's. So at which point does train. he just come on television and say, I've had enough of this or other tweet it out. Yeah. And I'm declaring myself El Presidente. And I'm abolishing Congress, and I've ordered the Secret Service to go and arrest the leading members of the Democratic Party. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, right, that's like everyone's fear. I mean, the stuff that he's tweeting about Turkey and Syria, stuff like unmatched wisdom. Yeah, no, I love that It was that like copy line. and pasted from Kim Jong-un. And you're like, what is No, happening? it was even, no, the, the fact that I, I was marveling at that one. I mean, I, mean, I have been accused of not being shy, believe it or no. not. But I would never say in my unparalleled wisdom. Yes. I mean, that's just not something you say if you want to be taken seriously. No. And you're that's just... like a cry for help. <laughs> it's straight from like how to be a thug authoritarian. Exactly. Volume three. Yeah. The Kim yeah. Jong edition. Yeah, exactly. So I think it has to go to the court. But the slow rolling of this, I, I mean, it's got, I think the Trump is within the Trump uh, incentives to just keep it going for as long as they can and exactly do like the scream at the Democrats. And, and then the Democrats, meanwhile, have done nothing so where are they for t- setting themselves up for exactly. the election? Exactly. So yeah, Democrats. This is, and also all they care about is... Li- I mean, this is the thing that plays to it all the time. All they care about is litigating the result of 2016. Yep. Yeah. And that's a really easy charge for the Republicans to make because it's true. Yeah. It's just that this time, rather than some kind of Hail Mary from a superhero called Mueller, you've actually got the guy himself going, no, no, really, I'm a crook. Look, yeah. Listen to this. This is crooked. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. So anyway, good news. Yes. Well, I 
you know, I think I might have been unconscious maybe for the last six years. I, you know, I knew about pumpkin spice lattes and I knew about, but I was at grocery shopping the other day and there were like shelves in the multiple shelves in the refrigerator side that are all pumpkin spice. And so I just, you know, of course bought everything because I, you know, want to know what this thing is that's like a hundred years old. And then you poured it all down the sink because yeah. it was revolting. Well, it's so delicious and comforting though. It's really? like wonderful. Oh, God, it. Like pumpkin spice dog bones for your, for your dog Look, and your pet. You got to buy those for your dog no I was, and like doggy I, so I, i'll tell you a story about this so i, I heard about a, a couple who had exactly the same dog as another couple that yeah. I know, and they were shocked to find out that their dog was obese and the vet said yes your, your dog is clinically obese and they're like how could that be and says well describe what you feed him we go well we start the day with a doggy ice cream <laughs> <laughs> the clues right there, right. right? You know, if you're starting start the, day the day with yeah. ice cream, it's not going well for you, right? We so, end it with a martini and a cigarette. No, the, yeah. The, yeah, the whole thing is just—I mean, so it's cinnamon and what? Clove, like nutmeg, nutmeg and clove, yeah, right, and then yeah. pumpkin. Well, no, I think there's light on the pumpkin because pumpkin is a squash; it doesn't really taste like much, right? Then why does pumpkin you're pie taste so crap? It's the spices, yeah. Right. So basically, it's just—it's blech with those three spices. But you got to put tons of whipped cream on it, right, for the sugar factor. I mean, pumpkin by itself just is like, it, it's, yeah. The whole thing is, I don't know. I've, I've lived here nearly 30 years now, and I, I, I still understand Thanksgiving as the rehearsal dinner for Christmas. Oh, really? Because oh. it's like four weeks before, yeah, and you get is. to go to your family that yeah. you're going to spend Christmas as well, and you get to kind of practice arguments that you're going to have with them during, <laughs> during Christmas. That's a good point. It's like yeah. what it's for. Yeah. And like it's like you get together and eat shit food. But I think it's under the guise of being thankful. That's why like, at Christmas you're not thankful. Thankful? What? You, honestly, do you think you're honestly sitting there going, "Thank you, Lord"? Well, because for... I'm trying really hard not to listen to the talk at the table. So yeah, of course you're you got, to be... you got your racist uncle yes, banging exactly. on about stuff. You're trying stuff. to be, po- you know, writing down my gratefulness or gratitude or whatever in my gratitude journal. Um, so that's what I, I just like think about. Did you say gratitude journal? <laughs> yeah, I did because uh, it no, goes along with that's the pumpkin not such spice a thing, latte. Is it? Yeah, I mean, this is all part of this, like, you know, UG, you know, from like six years ago, UG wearing, you know, the basic woman that wears like, you know, the polar tech fleece and the Uggs and the... And the gratitude journal. Is this yeah, where gratitude. mindfulness came from? Oh, yeah, totally. Marianne, oh, yeah, oh Marianne my, Williamson. Don't yeah. even start. Yeah. All right. Mindlessness, as I like to call it. Uh, my <laughs> good news is even though that I do actually care about climate change is that meat's back on the menu. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Exactly. All those studies that came out. Yeah. That's right. So it's interest in the sort of the, the, the social science of this as well as the politics of this so of course yeah. you know study after study has come yeah. out blah, blah, blah. and one of the clinchers was a couple of years ago they actually found a kind of biochemical pathway between eating meat red meat mm-hmm. the production of sugars these sugars triggered a particular molecular response and that was directly linked to bowel cancer so they're like boom we got it oh. right so that was one but then yeah. there was all these meta studies where you do like the studies of the studies and yeah, yeah. results right so this is a very sophisticated statistically speaking meta study of meta studies mm-hmm. and basically <laughs> finds no it's all just noise and the people who are really like super stats people are like, yeah, that's totally right. Yeah. Right? So on the one hand, you're like, well, it meets back in the menu. Then it turns out apparently, so I was reported, I have not checked this, that the lead author has <clears throat> ties to the meat industry. No. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So, this, so my wife and I were talking about this. The, the point was the following. It's funny, you, you make choices in your career. Let's say that you're a biochemist or something like that, and you're asked to work on some kind of meat product or whatever. You don't think about it. You're like, yeah, whatever. I'll take the grant money. I'll do it, whatever, right? And then out of that, let's say it was a public grant, you get offered a private sector gig. 
or you're asked to come out and talk to like whatever big meat company, right? So then people can for the rest of your life then say that you're associated with the meat industry. Oh, right. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. So then it's yeah. a question of, well, you know, what does that actually mean? Because it is just basically now saying, you might have done the best stats right. in the world, but I don't care. Right. Boom, I've just normatively crushed you. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, that's really dodgy, actually. And dismissed know? all your findings. I mean, on the stats side of things, though, I it, they were, I did hear the statisticians and the medical doctors say, it's, I mean, it's really hard to get a random control sample of people eating yeah, meat and follow you know, them and know that exactly. it's not like they're, just you know, in, intake of pumpkin spice lattes right. that are so you it. have to track, yeah. you know, of 100,000 Spaniards with the name Cedric, exactly. how many of them died yeah. prematurely yeah. given the average death among Cedrics, yeah. right? I mean, All so essentially sort of we know nothing about our own nutritional no. health. Well, we? this is, or, again, you know, sympathy for this one. I mean, you know, people often say that, uh, oh, well, they tell you one thing and then they tell you the exact opposite. Yeah. And of course, you know, the medical profession go, actually, no, we don't. That's not true. But it actually is. There was a guy who, when the internet started, set up a brilliant website in Britain. And it was called the Daily Mail Ontological Oncology Project. <laughs> and what this was was everything that appeared in the Daily Mail was this, this dreadful oh, tabloid, yeah. right? That um, Pierce Morgan is associated with, Great. I think. Anyway, it's that sort of person. And anyway, it's, it's just it's for old people. It's for paranoid old people. So every day it has something about orange juice. It causes cancer. Right? Yeah. And three months later, orange juice, the cure for cancer. So he basically just listed them, like what caused cancer, what yeah. cured cancer and when something was a cause and then when it was listed as a cure. So we do actually change our mind on this all the time. It's oh, absolutely that, true. That is interesting, right? Because you feel like that way about butter, like butter's coffee. bad, margarine. Right, yeah. and coffee. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, cholesterol's now bad again. Everything. For a while, we had a good and a bad, you know. Right. It's, it's all over the Kale, place. Kale, gratitude, exactly. yeah. Um, well, I know that these slow-moving trains of Brexit and impeachment will probably in 100 years when we're aliens and cryogenically frozen, although we probably won't because the Earth will be 100,000 degrees. But Trump will still be president. We'll still be talking about this, uh, about these items. But gosh, it does seem like just from a... Um, constitutional perspective the constitutional crisis bum bum bum, bum is bum, actually bum. here no it is it, it, yeah. it is and it's interesting that both britain and the united states right so you're the mother of parliament yes, exactly the stable <laughs> home of democracy yeah. and then the errant off child in the united states who has its own quirky things right. but can be trusted right both of these places are in the midst of constitutional crises yes yeah you know it must you know we're often criticize i often criticize the eu for all its foibles right but at least they're not doing this. No, and it, this is this is awful. I know I I do not want impeachment. I want people to be elected or reelected. I think impeachment is terrible, and you can't think that this is going to be a great thing for yeah. the health my, of my American fr My friend Alan, who's another Scot who lives in the United States, came here basically at the same time as me. Has a, a joke which never fails, which is, "I'm from Scotland. I came to America for a job, but I stayed for the political stability." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it actually works during any, any period of time, right? right? Any period <laughs> of time, right? It's yeah. just, you can, <laughs> yeah. you can just drop that yeah. down. There yeah. you go. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We will be back. Before Halloween, we should oh, we, we should, should, we should Halloween. Totally, yeah, we're gonna, we're, we'll, do, we'll do a spooky yes. Halloween issue. Yes. Ooh, yeah, I like that. With the ghost of Boris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the mom. <laughs> thanks, everybody. 